And now, Smug Film presents Robot Reenactments. I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the mark when he made Pearl Harbor. I miss you more than that movie missed the point, and that's an awful lot, girl. And now, now you've gone away, and all I'm trying to say is Pearl Harbor sucked and I miss you. I need you like Ben Affleck needs acting school, he was terrible in that film. I need you like Cuba Gooding needed a bigger part, he's way better than Ben Affleck. And now, all I can think about is your smile, and that shitty movie, too. Pearl Harbor sucked and I miss you. Why does Michael beg it to keep on making movies? I guess Pearl Harbor sucked, just a little bit more than I miss you. This has been a robot reenactment. Hello, Smug Film fans. Leave us a question or a comment for Smug Film to play on the show by calling the following voicemail number. 718-395-9711. Once again, that's 718-395-9711. We look forward to hearing from you, you lovely, lovely people. Hello, I am the hunky Smug Film Sponsor Plug Man. I'm here to tell you about the fine people who support the Smug Film Podcast through Patreon. You all should check out Bobby Slow on Twitter, he's a very funny and good man who tweets funny and good things and is worthy of your love. And he has a really good Twitter ratio of followers to following. That's impressive. Once again, that's Bobby Slow on Twitter. You should also check out Minor Key Games. Go on over to MinorKeyGames.com and check out these awesome computer games made by David and Kyle Pittman. Two brothers that make great video games with an old school feel. Cody hates new video games for the most part, but he enjoys the heck out of these. Once again, that's MinorKeyGames.com. Also, be sure to check out Room Full of Spoons, Rick Harper's documentary about the cult classic film The Room. It's a great documentary that we all love here as Smug Film, and go to roomfullofspoons.com to find out when it's coming to your city. Thank you for listening to my hunky voice, and thank you all who have donated to the show. And if you would like to be plugged on the show, please head on over to patreon.com slash smugfilm and donate. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fan of the Smug Film Podcast, do yourself a favor and head on over to patreon.com slash smugfilm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash smugfilm, where we've got a bunch of great rewards for you if you donate to the show. Just $1 a month gets you access to a library of over 20 bonus mini-episodes of the Smug Film Podcast. These mini-episodes will never be on iTunes or anywhere else. The only way to get them is by donating through Patreon. And that's not all. You also get streaming copies of my two feature films, Shredder and Rehearsals. All that for just a dollar a month. If you donate $5 a month, you get all that. Plus, we'll do a plug of whatever you want on one episode a month. Your Twitter handle, your website, your whatever. If you donate $10 a month, we'll plug whatever you want on every single episode of the show. It's an incredible deal. They're all incredible deals. So once again, that's patreon.com slash smugfilm, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash smugfilm. 
Head on over there today and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today, live via Skype, all the way from Michigan, is Greg Deliso. Hello, everyone. Good to have you, man. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's start with some really awesome news, which is the fact that if you're listening to this right now, you can see Hectic Knife on Amazon. Yeah, that's true. That's really... That's another little milestone. You know, first there was the trauma. Now, now you can watch it on Amazon. So if you have been dying to check out Greg's movie, please check it out on Amazon. Yes. Also, um, the trailer must have been like linked to something somewhere last night because it's got a little bit of a bump in views here, like by about 100 or so. Nice. That like never happens, but I'm trying to figure out where that came from, but I don't know how to do that right now. That's okay. (laughs) So now that we've gotten that out of the way, (laughs) I'm kind of avoiding going into this because it's not a, it's not a happy topic, but it definitely does need to be gone into because this is a guy who was basically our biggest cheerleader for a very long time. We're talking about Joe Long, a friend of ours who passed away while we were on our hiatus on the smug film podcast hiatus very unexpectedly a friend of mine friend of yours who we met a while back a couple years ago you know he was uh he was just a guy that really dug the podcast and really got us and really got each and every one of us and was kind of our ideal fan in that you know he liked things that John D'Amico had to say, he liked things that I had to say, Jenna had to say, you had to say. He liked all the different opinions and all the different takes and was so encouraging and so wonderful and really probably was our, our bi- a big push towards the fact that we even have 90-some-odd episodes today. You know, just his encouragement... He would listen to the episodes and he would give detailed notes about to me about stuff that he liked and he would catalog, you know, movies we referenced and he was just a great dude and very verbose and and would was just like he was one of those people that was just very excited by anybody who was actually doing something and very encouraging about that and just understood that there was something unique and great to to anybody who's really just putting a project together and doing it and he was just like I, I can't think of a better cheerleader and just the sweetest dude and became a pretty close friend to me and to you I know yeah and man it is very surreal to be talking about this right now because it was very unexpected his passing yeah man um yeah, it's really strange. I uh, we started um, Smug Film a couple years ago or a few years ago now. When yeah. was it? it's like January January twenty thirteen was when we uh, oh, wow. okay. officially started the uh, the blog. Yeah, um, and uh, early on, I was just trying to think of ways to sort of uh, kill a couple birds, like try to get some readership to it and eyes on the site. And our writing and also um, solicit for uh, more writers because, um, you know, we, we, we figured 
um, you know, we can kind of go on Craigslist and put out a wide net and put, I, I tried to put postings in like as many cities as I could just saying like new movie vlog, you know, we're looking for writers, this and that. And I, so I put one, I put an ad like that, like I said, in a bunch of different cities and Cleveland was one of them. And, um, he was just one of the responses. He was writing for something, uh, at the time that he had made up called Popzilla and he was writing about TV. Which and I don't, I don't think it's around anymore, but um, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so either. Um, but, uh, he was writing about TV and it didn't necessarily fit, but, uh, he was the only person, I mean, you know, I talked to a bunch of different people throughout that process of going on Craigslist and looking for people, a whole ton of, you know, whole like dozen, you know, dozens of people. And he was the only one that, uh, I kept talking to. He was just really, like you said, he was really, um, interested and, um, just inquisitive and really, really mostly just really supportive and, uh. Yeah, it's really, really strange. Like, I always just, it's just weird because, like, I always, you know, like, like you said at the top of the show, oh, like, Hector Knife is coming, he was on Amazon and all that. It's like, I always, like, expect to have him to, like, be someone to tell because, I, you know, he always made me so happy when I could tell him that stuff because he was so supportive of it. I know that he was, like, so excited about it for me and, you know, he and I just, we just, uh, we would talk a lot. We had some similar just, um, feelings about stuff, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird to like not have him to be able to update on shit and just say what's up. And yeah, it's really strange, dude. It sucks. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally relate with my own stuff. Like, uh, you know, having come out with my novel, Christina and stuff I have in the pipeline and it's just I I think like man what would the uh the long Facebook message from Joe Long have been like yeah you know because it was definitely something I always looked forward to and he was uh he was a guy like he didn't necessarily agree with you on everything but he was so hungry for opinions that were just interesting oh, and, yeah. and that's something that I think unites all of us you know a lot of people if they go back and they listen to the episode with you and John D'Amico there, there've been people that probably think that you guys, you know, don't get along or hate each other or anything that, that couldn't be further from the truth. You guys have very different views on cinema, but as dudes, you guys get along just fine. And that's something we really encourage and value here is that we want to hear things we can't hear from anyone else we want to like if i'm talking about you know hercules the the 2014 one with dwayne the rock johnson you know i've i've talked about that one a lot and i've seen how that's grown on twitter slowly with a lot a lot more people seeing it a lot more people checking out and realizing wow cody's on to something with this whole being a uh an agnostic sword and sandal movie and that being an important milestone in cinema etc I love more than anything. I love seeing strange opinions, strange takes on film grow and grow slowly. And he he was he was definitely simpatico in that. And it it was just like such a. I I feel so lucky that I that I knew him because it, he was just he was almost like an angel that came at the exact right time because it was it was just confirmation that I was on the right track with. Uh, 
what we were doing and and that we we were all on the right track. It was like, yes, somebody gets it. Somebody somebody gets that bickering about movies doesn't mean that you dislike each other. And somebody gets that sometimes you just got to take like a really strange take on something because it's honestly how you feel on something, you know? You know, you you have you've got takes on cinema that people think you're the antichrist over. You know, when you say something like uh, pre-1970s stuff you're not into, for some reason, people take that so close to heart. But I know you and I know that you are actually fascinated by what films people like. And you even say that in your like the idea of film thing. You're like, I want to know what your idea of a film is, because this is my idea of what a film is. Yeah, apparently it's like fury and anger about just anyone that doesn't like uh classics or something it's really dude do you i mean you probably saw the latest uh comment from like a couple days ago yeah you got a person like left some crazy long thing it's like you know you're right it's always this thing too it's always like your writing is pretty good but like you know you can't possibly believe all this stuff that you said like because it just sounds crazy that's it and then they get all high and mighty after and (laughs) just makes you sound really stupid sorry like it's it's just really like almost really odd. Like I don't it's, I don't know it's weird. I think it's like interesting and stuff. But uh, it's funny it's when they thank you at the end of it too. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. With the one recently, right? Right. He, he thanks you at the end, but it's so <laughs> like you know too little, yeah. too late. It's like come on, why don't you approach it from that angle right, rather right. than retroactively kind of reconnect it to that? Right. right. To go back to what you're saying though, I think. Uh, I think people the well, I think it's hard for people to understand on the outside of with the Joe Long thing is like stuff like smug film and heck knife and all that stuff. It doesn't really like happen without um people like Joe because yes. unless unless like you have um you know somebody sort of on the inside uh cheerleading you and like helping you and supporting you just and when we when I say supporting like you know I want to make it clear. I literally just mean like somebody excited, somebody that genuinely likes your stuff and is like excited to like see the next thing and talk about it and shit. That and again, most importantly, that like you know that you didn't, you as the artist didn't know before. Meaning, like I met him on Craigslist. I don't, I don't, I've never met him in person. Right. And like we, we essentially met through me saying like, hey, I do this thing. Like, do you want to you know check it out or whatever? And him saying yes. So it's like you get that charge, you understand like, okay, I connected to somebody like out in the world that I wouldn't have known. And it, you know, it worked. It's, it's, it's the thing. It's like, it worked. Like I put my thing out into the universe and someone cool, like found it and we can talk about it now. And it's like, that's the whole dream and the whole like thing of all of it. So it doesn't, it, without people like Joe coming along, um, it, uh, you know, it, you, I wouldn't make stuff really. Like I, I wouldn't be able to keep like going with it basically. So, um, totally. that's another, you know, and I feel bad too, I guess all this, because it's like, I don't want to be like, Oh dude, you know, like I just missed this guy that like liked my stuff. But I think it goes to this thing where it's like, like you were saying too, like he was, uh, he wasn't just some like fan dude. He was like very thoughtful and like participated a lot in, um, all that stuff and would like, you know, actually talk like, I don't know. You just, he, he actually talked about it. It wasn't just like, Oh, I really like your thing. Like we would talk about it and he was, you know, he was writing himself and 
doing his own stuff and um it's just yeah it's really <sighs> i've never uh really known anybody like this like where anything like this happened so it's really shocking and weird and um yeah it's really weird especially like when you see just like facebook comes up and announces that it was his birthday you know recently and yeah it's really really odd to like see that and yeah yeah i think uh i think you're hitting on something great here which is that i think when you're listening to something you know whether you're listening to the smug film podcast every week or some other podcast you forget how much participation you actually have by listening to it and by maybe even just throwing you know a little tweet our way saying uh you dug this or that it really does help the process and it's really a give and take you know people if you're in the audience you don't really realize you're part of the show but the audience you know anybody who performs live will tell you that the audience is like maybe even 60 or 70 percent of the show right you know their involvement and that's definitely the case for us is that like you know we're doing this pretty much every week and if we get some interesting feedback if we get some even if it's just like a short little like hey i like this in particular um that kind of steers us in the right direction as far as entertaining you folk but it also just it makes us feel not so in a vacuum because you know we're we're putting this out there we're not in people's homes when they're listening to it we're not in their cars we're we're not there receiving you know their giggles or their ah or there anything so we kind of need to hear that and and of course you know our voicemail is always open 718-395-9711 you can always leave us something on there we play most of them on the show the ones where we feel like we can actually answer them or whatever um and tweets we always look at and it's just it fucking helps man yeah, well, it wouldn't it wouldn't exist without it. Essentially, yeah. I mean, it couldn't because after a while, we would just be playing to nothing but crickets, and then yeah, it we just could... uh, evaporates. So there's nothing to do anymore. You know, there's no you're just playing to an empty audience. Yeah, if but we had if, we if we had millions of listeners and we never got any feedback from any of them, we'd probably just stop. You know, it's yeah. not right. it's not worth it. You know, I I like the fact that we have kind of a small group of listeners but they're they're fairly vocal and it it really keeps us doing it mm-hmm. it yeah. we we love it and it's not just compliments it's something deeper than that it's uh like i don't care if you you disliked something it's it's more about the involvement it's like with wrestling where there's the faces and the heels and if you're saying like oh i hate this guy you're still involved with the the art form you know mm-hmm. you're still involved with the what you're watching you're engaged Mm -hmm. so even if you hate a wrestler you're still engaged because you're dealing with them as a wrestler that you hate so even if you like say hey i hated this on this episode that's engagement and we need engagement to uh keep going on you know this could be a podcast where we end up with thousands episodes this could be a podcast where i cap it off at 100 i haven't decided yet you know we're we're kind of close approaching 100 I try and keep myself open to like what I want to do and how much time I want to spend. You know, it, it is a lot of time and energy putting this podcast together. It's not as simple as hitting record, talking for an hour, hitting stop, and then just putting it on the internet. There's a lot that goes into it as far as editing and planning for episodes and especially our bigger episodes, doing research, 
watching a ton of movies if we're doing a year episode. There's a lot that goes into it that uh, I think people don't necessarily realize. And it's like, do I want to do this for a hundred more times, a thousand more times, etc.? I keep myself open to it, but the engagement, if I get some good engagement, it makes me want to do it a million more, you know? No, of course. It changes everything. And I, I know you've gotten some great feedback for Hectic Knife, knife so far. So talk to me about how that's uh, helped or, or what, what that response has been like, because you've, uh, it seems like pretty much, I'd say like 90% or even more of the people that you hear from really have been digging Hectic Knife. Well, the best thing that happened so far, and I feel bad to say this to all the people that like reviewed it and watched it and like it because that, you know, they're the people that I love and that's meaningful. But we were, Pete and I had our, had had our third show in Richmond, Virginia, and um, it was just really fun. You know, we, it was our first show that we hadn't like put together ourselves. So it was really like cool and fun, uh, dream come true thing just because like, you know, we made this thing and then other, other people in some other state you know, found out about it right away from trauma. And then they were like, Oh, let's, you know, put this screening together and blah, blah, blah. So it was really cool. But we went out there and um, we we're driving back and we we're, and uh, we were just talking about it. And we were like, you know, when it, what, like we've gotten like maybe six, seven reviews, like on the way up to Richmond, we listened to this podcast um, by these uh, girls called the Queens of NC 17 and they like loved it and they were talking about the whole thing and going through it and all this. So um, it was really exciting. And then we're like, when are we going to get a bad review? And I think we both like kind of realized at the same time, like, you know, I don't think we're big enough, like in the sense that like, uh, you know, I think like anyone, it's so early in our distribution and all that, um, that anyone that like uh, watches the movie is going to like give it a good review because it's like so small, they wouldn't, um, you know, nobody would like be that mean and like give this little fledgling thing like a bad review. And it's so like, we were, it's also very targeted because if they, if they hear about the movie, it's probably up their alley. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That too. And also just like, um, you know, I remember from the early days of uh, doing smug and like we would get all these submissions and um, some of them were really bad and I would, you know, I like, but I would never want to like just write some terrible thing and put it online because, you know, it's like some dude like me that's, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to get his movie seen. So the very next day when we woke up, uh, we had our first bad review and it was like this really little website thing. And just uh, the, the person who wrote it just kept um, comparing it to like scary movie and saying like, oh yeah, like if you like like this movie sucks and I don't get it, but if you like scary movie and like scary movie three, then like this is up your alley and like for <laughs> you, so go watch it. And it's just like you know, it's one of those things where yeah, like I say that to anyone and they don't even like they laugh and they don't even like get it. And like I, I barely I try to understand like what that means, um, but it's just really funny. It's like funny because you know our only bad review of the, you know, six or seven or so or whatever that we've gotten is just uh really bizarre. Like doesn't yeah, you know, it makes try to make no, a point or anything. No and sense. it's just like yeah, it's really weird. So um yeah, I mean it's just yeah, we've um you know, it's all been um, you know, these kind of cool little indie publications. But uh yeah, man, slowly but surely, I mean we're we're getting our you know, getting some reviews in and they've all been really positive and it's uh yeah, it's just one of the things that, you know, it's like, like you said, it's just, um, it makes you keep being able to do it, you know? So going into doing, of course, Hectic Knife 2, 
I'm sure that's yeah. been pretty encouraging is, is hearing from people and, and knowing, oh, it's not just me and Pete. Other people kind of get what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we were having so much fun like halfway through or something making um, the first one that we had already just known and decided on our own, like, oh, yeah, we're going to make more of these. We want to make two more at least just because we want to sort of round it out into a trilogy and we just think it's funny and all that. But um, we never pursued that really until we sort of had this one done and uh, we definitely would not have um, really even thought any more about um you know, doing like doing the second one if uh, we weren't getting a little bit of, you know, success from this one. If, if people weren't liking this one, there'd be no reason to go further. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, man engagement. Very <laughs> underrated. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it, it almost makes me want to be more vocal with stuff that, that I enjoy, too, is because I know how much it affects me positively, any engagement, positive or negative it just means something. It's like, you know, people that get upset about having haters, it's like, at least you have somebody who's engaged, you know? And yeah, I, sure. I really learned that from wrestling. I gotta, I gotta hand it to wrestling for that because wrestling definitely gets that if somebody hates what they're watching, they're still watching it. And it's about creating a product that's just good enough that if somebody hates it, they're not going to not watch it, you know? Like it, well, yeah. it, it's well, like a also, level of, it's like a level of dislike where you dis if you dislike something, you're not going to just stop watching it for like a year. You're, well, you're going to keep watching it. Yeah. Because it's not, it's a different kind of dislike. I mean, it's an engagement first because you know, you, uh, you're actually in interested in and into the drama of like what's happening in wrestling. So with the, it's, it's like recognizing that Darth Vader is just as important as Luke. Yeah. You know, it's like, you don't hate Darth Vader. You think he's cool and like him and stuff, but it's like, you, you know, he's the villain, obviously. Um, that's a funny it, thing about like, um, studio notes, because that's always a, um, a thing that people complain about who, who maybe they complete movies and then it has to, you know, get focus grouped and people are always like, Oh, I didn't like this character. And, right. and nine times out of 10, you're not supposed to like that character, but, right. but that gets marked as like a studio problem of like, Hey, that's right. not good. Everybody has to like everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also, I, I, I want to say this too. It, he was kind of like, uh, you know, when we first started talking to him, it was me and you and, you know, maybe another friend of mine, um, that we were, you know, Facebook friends in common because we would just be talking. And I swear it feels like, like so many of my friends now are like Facebook friends in common with him just from over the years of knowing him, people would see his comments and would see in his enthusiasm and like threads on Facebook. And they'd be like, who's this guy? And, you know, they would start talking and then suddenly another person's friends with Joe and it just kept going. And he was just such a, he didn't have a cynical bone in his body, you know? He was just yeah. a dude who liked talking to people about interesting things. And now, I mean, we, tons of friends in common, you know? And it just started out with just a small seed of just me and you knowing him and being like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. And, like, I have friends that probably have no idea that, like, you know, we, we, met, we met him basically through Craigslist. And I also yeah. want to point out that... Uh, the way that me and you met was pretty kind of oddball as well. 
you know, people, yeah, YouTube, YouTube, right? Yeah. We met through YouTube. We met when I did, uh, the whole bin had money thing, like ages and ages and ages ago, which kind of right. like caught on this weird, like mini viral thing on G4 TV and other places. And you just reach out. You're like, Hey, I have a ton of VHS tapes. If you ever want to do a, a bin had VHS, we could do it. I'm in Brooklyn as well. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just reached out like that. Just like a shot in the dark. And I guess we, you know, I, you know, I, I responded. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do another one, etc. But we kind of just like stayed in contact and we became pretty close friends. And it's, it's amazing. The things were like, if I, if I'd not done been had VHS or I mean, sorry, if I would not done been had movies, then we never would have met. But when I was doing that, that wasn't, that was like the furthest thing from my mind. Just like when you put up the Craigslist thing, looking for writers for smug, you never knew that you would, you would meet somebody that would become a, you know, very close friend. I'm, I'm always fascinated by the things that are done so purely like that. Like, uh, if you create a piece of art, and you're creating it essentially for yourself. Like you guys have created Hectic Knife for yourself, but that's going to be some teenage kid's favorite movie, you know, and he's going to watch it incessantly. And you didn't create it designed for that person. You created it for yourself, but somehow it, it'll mean something to uh, some specific person. It'll be, they'll think it was like the greatest movie ever made. And I just love how you can, you can really reach people by just doing something just for yourself and not even thinking about like how things uh, change around. I'll, I'll tell like a quick little story about this, which is um, which really, really affected me, which I thought was very beautiful. I was selling a bunch of like used books on Amazon, like stuff that were, books that were my mom's books that were mine, just like ones that weren't, you know, actually that valuable or anything, just selling them on, uh, you know, Amazon marketplace. And I sold one of my mom's old books, which was, it was just this little like, uh, like picture book that was, um, about like forties fashions. It was like almost like, um, paper dolls. It was like that kind of thing where like, technically you could probably cut it out, but most people would just like flip through it. It's just like forties outfits from like men and women. So I list that on Amazon that sells eventually, you know, for like four bucks or something. And way, way later, because I never check my, my feedback on there. I never check the, uh, the reviews or anything because I, I send things out on time. I assume if something's bad, then they'll message me directly. If it, something got messed up and they didn't receive it, etc. You know, I rarely, rarely check the actual feedback. I checked the feedback probably maybe even like a year after I, uh, I sold that. And I looked at the feedback and it really touched me. It was, it was the person that bought that book and they were saying, thank you so much for this book. My parent has Alzheimer's and flipping through this book has been so beneficial. And I really recommend it for anybody who has a parent who has Alzheimer's. They loved looking at the forties and fifties fashion. You know, it was a great tool for connecting with them. That's great. And that was, I mean, that, that fucking rocked me because here I am in Brooklyn, just listing some random book, which isn't even designed for that purpose. You know, the book wasn't created for that purpose. The book was just like, Hey, 
it might be fun to have a book that you just flip through and you just see 40s and 50s like paper doll fashion things. Right, right. The, the person that made that book never in their wildest dreams thought, oh, that would actually be a really good teaching tool and like connecting tool for like a person of a certain age with Alzheimer's. Right. So that person, you know, had no idea what it would become. And me just listing it online had no idea, you know, who it would reach. And it's just, I mean, that was just such a beautiful, beautiful moment that that book took that journey. And I think all art kind of takes that journey and like nine times out of 10, you never hear about it. You know, you yeah. never, you never hear what something meant to somebody. And with, with Joe, you really, you know, he always told you what it meant to you, whether it was positive or negative, you fucking adored it because it was just, it was coming from the heart. It was something beautiful. And man, I, I miss him. Yeah, man. I feel exactly the same way. Um, can I talk about how funny it was when I would actually talk to him and like, uh, I would say like, Hey man, what's up or whatever. And then you'd get like a paragraph or like, not even more than that. More than that. Huge block. And it'd be like, Hey dude, like, um, you know, Oh, I really want to talk, but like, I can't right now, but like, just I'll get, I swear to God, like I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then like this thing. And then it was like, really, I might Joe talked to my wife, Chelsea a lot. Um, after a while, uh, I don't even remember how, I guess, no, no, you know what? He was a big fan of, uh, her thing on, uh, the smug site. So he started talking to her based on that and, uh, was just, um, we should, uh, remind the listeners if you haven't read Chelsea's piece, um, great piece about parenthood, the film, you can oh, right. find that on the, uh, smug film website. Definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he read that he was really, uh, enamored by that and became friends with my wife too. And we would just, you know, I, my wife, Chelsea, and I would always joke around. Um, and again, you know, just very uh, teasing and lighthearted about Joe because, like, you know, each of us would be like, oh, I haven't talked to Joe in a while. And then we would go message him and say what's up or something. And then you just get that huge. Um, and any, anyone that knows Joe, I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm sure he did this with everyone. I mean, he did that and, with me all the time. It was like getting a it was very old fashioned. It was like getting a handwritten letter in the mail. Because yeah, it, it was yeah. so thorough and it was oh, so yeah. like, I mean, I have my quirks with like how I communicate and shit, but his was just like very much, uh, it was like you expect, you knew what to expect. And it was the exact like thing each time, because it, again, it was just like, you'd say, Hey, what's up, man. And then like, you'd get back like a couple paragraphs that like explained like how much he wanted to talk to you, but couldn't at that time. And he'd get back to you later and we could talk like fully at that time. And, you know, obviously, um, eventually, you know, like we, you would t get to talk and then we would, he and I would talk, I, you know, I actually, I, I remember I Skyped with him one time. Um, so I actually did like talk to him face to face once. Um, and it was years and years ago, but yeah, so we, we would actually talk a lot too, but it was just like sometimes getting to when we were going to actually talk, uh, took just forever because like, I don't know. He was busy doing his stuff, and then he would just give you that that huge message. So it's like, I'll get back to you at some point. It's funny. Yeah, that was always the best. And like, true to his last name, you know, the things that he would write, he would write really long stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even just like Facebook comments, you know, whether yeah. it be a Facebook comment or a message you would get from, just so thorough. And like, yeah, he I, wasn't like engaged in stuff unless he could talk for like a really long time. And I, you know, I get that too. Cause I'm obviously very similar. I'm long winded and I'm 
um, I just like to talk and say a lot of shit. So it just, it made sense to me too. Um, and yeah. it was always a funny like reflection of myself cause I do the same shit sometimes and I can see what it looked like. But, uh, yeah, but he was all, you know, his, his Facebook comments were, um, sometimes as long as his messages, if not longer for sure. He could, uh, he could put Kevin Smith to shame pretty <laughs> much. You know, people always know Kevin Smith for his, his very, very long stories. I think he has like a, a, uh, Prince story that's like 40 or 50 minutes long just on that and man if if Joe Long was uh you know doing a one of those Q&A type uh raconteur events like Kevin Smith he could I'm sure he could go way longer than even Kevin Smith right he was oh, just yeah. that kind of dude and man I just wanted to see you know all the great things that that he would uh write and do man he was just like what an interesting and awesome mind. And he, he, you know, he really loved TV. He really mm -hmm. got that, like, there was something going on with television where it was really good right now, you know, like a lot of people have noticed. Um, and he was always looking for, like, what else am I missing on television right now? And when I would recommend something to him, he would be like, yes, okay, I will check it out. And, you know, sometimes he, he didn't dig it, but, like, he, he, really wanted to make sure he saw everything you know he wanted to make sure he give, gave everything a fair shot like that's just so wonderful like if i if i told him that like you know some bullshit fucking show on like usa network or something was like worth checking out he wouldn't bat an eye he wouldn't get all cynical about it he wouldn't be like oh yeah really no, yeah, he, know, yeah. like he would be like, all right, yeah, I'll check it out. You know, like he would, he would, and he would, and then he would write you a very long thing. I'm not saying I've ever even recommended something on USA to him, but that was the kind of uh, enthusiasm that he had. And man, it was, uh, it really kind of fucked me up to know that he um, wasn't going to be able to see, wasn't going to be able to catch up on like Mr. Robot or like certain shows of his. That That really got to me, you know, when he passed, that he wouldn't be able to finish like Mr. Robot season two, which I know he, he adored that show and other shows too. And man, it was just like, he, he, he deserved to see anything that he, he loved to its fruition. It's so awful that he went. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man, he, um, he was definitely totally unpretentious about all that stuff, which was all, which is, you know, always really, really refreshing, but yeah, he, um, he was definitely into the TV stuff. I, you know, I remember, um, what was the show? Oh yeah. Ch so Chelsea and I had watched, uh, nip tuck like throughout, um, a summer or something. And it was just this really insane like show. And didn't you experience. pick it like arbitrarily almost? Uh huh. Yeah. Just by accident. <laughs> and, um, we were just, we really wanted to talk to Joe about it because he was the TV guy and we knew he would like know about it and stuff. And so, um, we started explaining the show to him to try to get him to guess like what it was. And he guessed it like right away, um, which was funny because he could just tell what we were like, what we had watched. Cause he's like the TV guru. Yeah, um, And the clues that you were given weren't like dead on clues. Yeah, it was just like, it's a really crazy show about like doctors from like some really broad year, like, you know, from the two thousands or some, something stupid like that. And he was like, Oh, you mean like nip tuck? And it's like, yeah. Um, it's just weird, but uh, he was just, um, yeah, he really, like, this whole, you know, it's funny with the TV thing because I love TV 
you know, as a filmmaker and I, I always, uh, my wife loves TV and, and Joe obviously did. And I always talk about like, um, the different things that TV can do as opposed to movies and vice versa and how there's things that, you know, TV can do that I always like would want to do in movies, but it's, you know, how do you, how do you do it and all that. And, um, yeah, Joe was, you know, one of the only other people, first of all, that I could talk to about that stuff, but also, um, he wasn't just like obsessed with, saying that like tv is the new movies now and like tv is good because it's like resembles movies and all this shit he he just liked tv for tv and um and understood the form and liked it you know before there was this big resurgence like of it you know becoming the new in vogue thing with tv you know he was watching oz and sopranos and all this stuff uh you know back when before that was like the new in thing right before people were before people were calling everything prestige television yeah and uh yeah and he understood he just understood that tv was tv it wasn't like good because it was trying to be more like a movie or resembling a movie it was just it they had figured out a way to uh you know just make tv um work on its own and he appreciated that just as himself and yeah it's just it's really it sucks it's weird it's weird to not have that voice uh, you know on facebook anymore coming into the threads and saying stuff and asking us about new tv shit and all that yeah it's just it sucks it's weird yeah it's really sad well if you if you are out there listening and uh you dig us just let us know just engage with us we love talking and who knows you you listening at home could end up being one of her best friends you who knows man you know yeah it's yeah. like nobody knows how long they have in this world and also nobody knows how much it'll mean to somebody else just reaching out or engaging etc right so anybody who listens to the show and like is like uh oh, they know i like it you know it's like well engage with us man yeah it, it keeps us going and it's it's good for us and it's good for you and it's good for it's good for the whole process, man. So Joe long, we really couldn't have done this podcast without your support. We love you brother and we miss you. And, uh, this episode is for you. I don't think we're going to talk about anything else today. I think we're going to, we're going to cut it here. And, uh, man, what else can you say? Yeah, man. Love you, Joe. Miss you, man. It's uh, it's really weird without you around. All right, we're gonna play uh, the entire Smug Film theme song right now, and we'll go out with that in your honor. Thank you, Joe.